Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Use Guys in That Podcast. I am your host, Jay Colo, joined by fellow uh, hosts, Chris G, Angel, who's also running the soundboard, and Randy's here with us, too. Uh, you can check us out on our website, useguyspod.com. We have a store with some really cool fucking shirts. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at useguyspod, patreon.com forward slash useguyspod. Email us at info at useguyspod.com and useguysandthat at gmail.com. Uh, we got a real special episode today. We're going fucking deep. Uh, we're turning it over to Randall. He had a, a life-changing experience uh, down in the People's Republic of West Virginia. Um, so without further delay, I'm going to hand it over to Randall, and uh, this is going to be a hell of a trip, no pun intended. So, Randy, take it away. All right. Uh, first thing I want to say, we can make this kind of a guided discussion kind of thing if you want, because I know I've like talked over a bunch of this stuff with you. So like, if there was something that I forget to go over and you feel like that was something... So you're saying I can interrupt you? Well, like, yeah, I can also, interrupt you? Anything, if, like, is that what you're saying? You're saying I can interrupt you? I figured it would he, happen regardless. He who talks loudest is most correct. <laughs> That's certainly how it works in, uh, <laughs> in government. But uh, basically, yeah, um, I guess the whole point of putting this all out there is if anyone that's listening has any similar experiences, uh, I would say reach out and uh, whatever you think is going on or whatever you've experienced if you think it's important to share with other people i encourage it uh if you do uh use psychedelic substances i would say do so at your own risk definitely do your research first uh know what you're getting into but i mean i didn't do any of that stuff when i first started it but like (laughs) i wish i knew some more about it going in but uh so yeah Uh, i guess we'll start with like jay said in just basically the woods of West Virginia. So I've probably over the last three years used either shrooms or LSD, probably. I don't know. I'd say it's got to be close to around like 50 times, maybe. I don't know. That seems right. Um, But like you got to spread it out enough to the point that you don't like build up a tolerance because the half-lives are so long. But basically um, all those times were completely eclipsed surpassed by this most recent time i had now over a month ago in west virginia just uh camping out there for a few days and it was also i i feel like this definitely has to be some part of it that's important is usually every other time that we've tried it my friends and i uh speaking as a collective it's been just like the blotter paper that like you see in movies tv whatever that's like what everybody thinks of or at least that's what i thought of every time i thought about it yeah um but this it was like 
one, not only like tiny, like you could fit probably four hits or squares, whatever you want to call them on like what would be the one piece of paper that everyone that's like familiar with it would be used to seeing. And it was like gel people. Some people call them gel caps, I guess, but it's basically just like a little square of gelatin. And it's like so tiny. It's like literally you had it on like the tip of your finger and you're like, fuck, I hope the wind doesn't blow right now because otherwise it's gone. Like that. It was so incomprehensibly small compared to like everything else I've dealt with, I guess. And, uh, the guy, that I got it from was just like, be, he's like, I know you've done this before, but like, be careful. These are incredibly strong. And it's like, that's all I can say. Like, I can't quantify it for you, but like, trust me, you'll know, like, cause they were like slightly more expensive than paper was too. And it was like all we had as an option basically at the time. And we definitely wanted to do it when we went on this camping trip. So I was like, fuck it. I'll drop the extra cash. And he's like, it was basically like that scene in uh, Pulp Fiction where he's like, you will know where that extra money went. Like, <laughs> All right. So, uh, I don't know if this had anything to do with it either or not, but it was like, we all like the night before we left, we all met up at this one place and spent the night there. But like before that, we also had like, uh, a bunch of tea that we made by like basically just sifting hot water through like chopped up uh, psilocybin mushrooms. So like that night we all drank some of that tea and went hiking and that was just incredible as well. Like, but I mean, that's more on par with like all the other trips we've had before. It was like, we kind of knew what to expect and it kind of panned out like exactly the way we thought it would. But so that was like a day to two days before uh, this one. But yeah, we get into West Virginia, and it's, like, down in the holler, as they call it. Um, like, no one around. It's just, like, all private property. Um, we, I, I'd say probably the next closest person that at least we were aware of was probably at least, like, a mile away. And, like, the roads there are, like, gravel. It's not paved anything. So uh, it was honestly, like, we were kind of just on our own. We could do whatever we wanted within reason. And... Uh, yeah, we set up tents, hammocks, all this cool stuff. We had, like, coolers full of beer. Uh, a bunch of people had, you name it, it was there. Um, and we had uh, just a good time. It was just to celebrate my buddy's birthday party. And, like, the second or, I can't remember if it was the second or third day we were there. But it was rolling into the afternoon. And I mean, it was hot as shit. It was, like, 95 degrees minimum, like, every day. And, like, not a whole lot of wind because there's just so many trees packed together, like, blocking everything. So it's just, like, a nice, hot, humid 95. And everybody's just sweating their asses off. But we're like, all right. Like, we're all just kind of hanging around listening to music. And it's like, are we going to do this? And we're like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? So uh, myself and two other friends took the three of the uh, gel that I was able to get. And then there were, I want to say at least two to three other people that took, uh, it was on paper. So it's like same drug, but different, uh, maybe different amounts, different types, whatever. I'm, I wish I were more well-versed in like the whole world of it and like new exact, like, is it like there's different strains of weed? Is it like that almost? So I'd like to say we were all mostly on the same page, but like that might not have been the case. And, uh, we just sat around waiting for it to kick in because usually it takes like 45 minutes to an hour before you realize like most of the time it's like we forget <laughs> and it's like all of a sudden like oh shit things are starting to get weird like I totally forgot I did that like an hour ago and then it's like oh yeah like I got to remember <laughs> what's going on um, but yeah we were just like sitting around listening to music and it felt pretty run of the mill for the come up uh, but then it's like usually it kind of usually it takes like 
I want to say three to four hours to build to what they call the peak of the trip. And it's just like the most intense part. It's uh, usually it feels like every time it's like you learn something there or like something new pops up that you never really noticed before. And then once you're there, it's like you kind of just coast slowly back down to wherever you started. And it's like it can take another few hours. It's like sometimes you don't really feel perfectly normal until like you go back to sleep and then wake up the next day and you're like, oh, all right, like I'm a normal person again. All right. But so this, it's just like, it took you to where like we're used to being, but then it just didn't stop. It just kept building and building and building. And we're just like, oh shit. Like we're listening, we're listening to music. We had like Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Jimi Hendrix, like all the classic stuff that like everyone's like, oh, you got to listen to this, got to listen to this. And we're all just talking bullshit. And it's like, it gets to the point where it's like, sometimes you can't even speak in like complete sentences anymore because it's just like are these words that i'm saying like do they actually mean anything like am i speaking english right now yeah or is this just like a bunch of bullshit but it's like other people like they'll talk to you and you're like all right i understand them so like hopefully we're still on the same page and it's just like yeah it started off with like the typical bullshit but uh then we're all just like laying around in our hammocks, looking at the trees, talking to each other, fucking with each other. Um, I got up to like, I don't know, go grab a beer or something. And I like started walking and I look over at my friend and he's sitting in a hammock and there's nothing. It's so hard sometimes to put some of this stuff in words, but basically there's like nothing immediately behind him. It's like there's the two trees or posts or whatever his hammock's hanging from and he's sitting in the hammock and then it's just like, a field behind him and there's nothing, no other trees close to him within like probably like 50 feet. But, uh, I guess I need to preface this a little more. It's like everything looks, I want to say almost artificial. Like usually every trip it's like things look like props on stage in a play. It's like everything. It's like, uh, that's part of why I like simulation theory so much is because it's like, you start to realize things around you. It's like everything that you took for granted as being real. It's like, is it real? Like this could be, it, it just looks fucking fake, but it looks really cool. It's like, everything's an art gallery or some kind of exhibit. And, uh, everything looked like that, but then it went up like another level that like I've never experienced before. And as I was telling Jay, it was almost like, uh, it's what I thought of was that scene in the glorious bastards where they're in the movie theater and it starts, they light it on fire and it's like the projector is still playing as everything is burning. And it's like the projector light through the smoke and like all the particles of smoke, or like what you notice and that's it looked like that was what made up everything like around us like the people the trees the grass everything and it was just like i've never i don't know if it's just like a complete dissociation from what we think of as reality but i had never experienced that before and i was like holy shit like this is fucking this is good good shit um (laughs) but i look over at my friend who's sitting in the hammock and like i said there's nothing immediately around them other than the two trees that his hammock was hanging from and it looked like it almost looked like he was drawn in two dimensions and then like there was a shadow behind him, like casted onto a wall, like probably like six inches to a foot behind him. Like, uh, it's almost like he was a puppet at like a puppet show or something. And it's like, you know how they have the backdrop behind. It looked like that, but I'm like, we were outside. Like we're, we're, we're not in a room right now, but it looked like there were walls, like confining everything. And then like, everything was like painted onto them or it's almost like, uh, I like, I compared it to, there's like a short film called the Velt. 
I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it was like, I remember watching an English class in like eighth grade and it was basically like this room that uh, these children would go in. It was like a playroom in a house and it was supposed to be like in the future. And it's like, you could simulate whatever you wanted and it's like, you could still kind of tell the four walls of that room were there and the ceiling and the floor, but like everything was like, projected onto the walls to make you feel like you were immersed in whatever environment you were in but it's like you could still just barely make out the corners and like tell that you were in some kind of room um so it felt like that and it was just like i i it's it you're waiting for it to stop or like go back to like what you expected it to be like because after you've done it enough times you feel like you know exactly what it's going to throw at you but it's like yeah you might learn something new each time but it's like this was totally different and i looked at my friend and he looked back at me and he was like, he's like, stop. So I stopped walking and I was like, what's up? And he's like, I've seen that look in your eyes before. And then, oh shit, I guess I should have prefaced this before too. Because like the last time, it had been a while. It had been probably about six months since the last time we all tripped together. Because what had happened was six months ago was my buddy's graduation party. The same one that I was talking to right there. Yeah. And what we do, like usually the rule that we've established that we found with LSD is you can take it and then you can like after it kicks in you can try to get drunk you can try to get high you can try to do whatever but it's like whatever it is you're never going to overpower it like you just like you'd still fail like a breathalyzer but it's like you will never feel drunk until it wears off and then whatever is like cumulatively left over in your system takes over so it's like it's they're fighting for the same receptors but it's like the alcohol just can't overtake it or something but this one time six months previous we got blackout drunk first and then everyone was like, hey, what if we bought a bunch of acid? And everybody was like, oh, I mean, I won't, I won't say no. Like, I mean, come on. This is it's always a great time. And that was probably like the only bad time I've ever had. And it was just like the culmination of a bunch of bunch of terrible things. Like I just had a relationship end. Um, and that was just like, I thought it was like, cool, whatever, but it's like, there was a bunch of deep seated shit that I was just kind of pushing away and it all just came back. And it's like, you can't get drunk once you've already started, but it's like, if you're already drunk, it's like you have nothing, nothing tethering you to that reality. You have nothing grounding you. And then it was just like, whatever we took after it, which what, from what I was told the next day, cause I don't really remember all of it was like at that point, the largest dose we've ever taken. And it was just like, it carried me off to wherever the hell we ended up. And I had no idea. Like it all felt like a dream. And I was basically the whole gist of it was like, nothing is real. I can do whatever I want. Like stop telling me what to do. And it's like, we're in the middle of a big city and all I wanted to do was go outside and just like do whatever I wanted. And they were like, no, you can't do that. Cause like someone's going to think like, Hey, what the fuck is this kid doing at like two in the morning? You're going to fucking end up in jail or something. Right. So yeah. like, they, they know that, but I'm like, I'm having no part of it. I'm like, fuck it. You can't contain me. Like what? Like all this fucking bullshit. Like I must've been the world's biggest asshole for the entire night. And then like, finally I fell asleep and then everybody else got to have a good time. But so I feel like that was incredibly, it was a terrible time. But the one thing I do remember about that was it felt almost like we were in that room. Like everything that we were seeing was like projected onto the walls. And then it, so in West Virginia, it's like, I'm taken back to that moment. He's like, I've seen that look in your eyes before. Like what's going on? What, what is happening in your head right now? And I explained it again. And I was like, it feels like we've been here before. Like, I don't even know what here is technically because it's not just where we are like in West Virginia right now, but it's like this room or whatever you want to call it. And he's like, yeah, like we have. And I was like, are you fucking with me right now? Because it's like my friends are dicks sometimes. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, no, like I'm 100% not fucking with you. Like keep going. Like where, where are you going with this? And it 
literally just felt like uh, I can't remember exactly how we tackled this the last time we talked about it, like the order of things, but it was just a huge dissociation from reality. It's like everything, it's like you were sitting and watching a movie. It's like you're aware you were inside of your own head, but it's like your body, you realize that it's like, it's not you necessarily. It's like your conscience is you and it's also inside of your body, but it's like almost the same as like you getting into a car to drive somewhere. Like, yes, you were in the car and you were experiencing everything from inside of this car, but that car is not you. It's just the vehicle that's taking you around and like protecting you from the environment outside. And it's like, I've never thought about anything like that before. And it was just like, Oh fuck. And then, uh, I'm trying to think he, I can't remember how we got to this line of questioning, but, we're, we're just like bouncing ideas off of each other. He's just like, tell me what you're thinking. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Like maybe we can figure something out. Cause it's like, we're just trying to make sense of what's happening. Cause it's like, we're both experiencing the same exact thing, which is one of my favorite parts about it. It's like, if you take the same dose or whatever of the same thing at the same time, it's like you end up on this same frequency. Like you're two radios that are able to talk to each other and communicate with one another. It's like everything's synchronized and it's just you two or however many people joined you. And he said, because it felt like it was like life in general felt almost like you couldn't tell if it was just something that you were experiencing on your own. Like it almost felt like this could all just be a projection from your own brain. It's like you are the only real thing in the universe. And it's like all of this is just like what your brain is making happen around you in order to fill the void of whatever else is out there, which is just like nothing like the literal void. So there's that thought. And I was like, I've never felt like that before, but I've heard of that theory before. And I was like, Oh, that sounds kind of like bullshit. But like that, <laughs> I understood it. And I was like, Holy fuck. Like, cause I was like, how do I know you're real? How do I know that I'm talking to you, a separate individual person and you're doing this all through your own free will. Or maybe this is just like my subconscious telling me exactly what I wanted to hear. And it's like, you, there's no way to like rule that out. But Basically, he's like, all right, like, I can't, I guess I can't really prove that, but like, let's talk about all this other shit. And he, I, again, I can't remember how we got to it, but it was like, what if your entire life, like, if you knew the whole story of your life from start to finish, his question to me was, would you want to live through it in real time if you knew exactly what was going to happen and exactly how it ends? And I, I said, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'd like to think that, I mean, it would be fun to experience all of it, but it's like, if you do know everything that's going to happen, it's kind of like, what's the point? Sure. And then we kind of reached the point. It's like, what if that's what's happening right now? And we just don't have a choice. And it's like, we're just, we're going through it. Like, what if it's like the uh, cliche, like when you die, everything flashes before your eyes. It's like, what if that we're just going through that right now? But it's like, every time you get to the point that you're dying, it just like restarts. And then they're like, yeah, like, that's it. There's no way to, like, disprove that, I guess. But and we went from there, and it was, like, talking about how everything looked like particles through smoke. It was, like, uh, it's almost like, now that I think about it, it's, like, the old video games, it's, like, how they rendered everything. It would, like, they only had, like, big geometric shapes that they had to, like, make everything out of. So, like, things that should have been curved, it was, like, they just had a bunch of straight lines that they could, like, bend at angles to try and make something look as round as possible. But it's like they only had certain technology. They were limited by the technology of the time. But it's like as uh, like game engines get improved, it's like they have smaller and smaller little polygons that they can make stuff out of. And it's like things look more and more seamless. And 
then that started reminding me of like uh i'm gonna bastardize calculus here but if you're taking the derivative of something i i believe this is like if you're trying to find the area of a curve and you have the equation for it it's like ah uh, fuck it's what the whole f of x plus h as x approaches this value or h approaches this value it's basically like you can stack little bar graphs underneath the curve and like count up the area and it's like the smaller you make those little bars the more accurate your calculation gets but it's like if you think about it you can never get the true not like amount of shit that's under that curve because it's like you start to approach an asymptote that like you can get infinitely close to this line but you will never actually touch it because the way math works the numbers just keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller you just keep adding decimal places and you'll never run out of them so it's just like all right we're gonna keep going and going and going and going and then from that thought it was like well if math is like technically just the laws of the universe like as we understand them it's like everything is relative like we we've said that a lot but it's like i feel like we didn't truly know what it meant and if you think about it it's like yeah we can go smaller and smaller and smaller we can go from organs to cells to like molecules and then from molecules to individual atoms and it's like the atom is the last thing the smallest particle that still has the properties of whatever element it represents but, I mean, we know that there's things that are smaller than that because we have protons, neutrons, and electrons, and we have the forces that hold them all together. And then if you go even smaller than that, I think I'm – not, uh, I'm not an astrophysicist, but I'm pretty sure it's like quarks. Yep, and, it's quarks. Uh, yeah, quarks. And it's like I don't even know what those are really, but it's like who's to say we can stop there? You know what I mean? So it's like – We're getting into quantum mechanics now. Exactly. But this Shit's is like – deep, deep water here. And it's like from there, we start talking like the whole origin of the universe. And we're like, what if, uh, like, who's to say we can't go smaller? Because it's like, yeah, like, I mean, before we discovered what atoms were, we thought like, they, we didn't know they existed. We thought like some, I don't know what they said the smallest thing was before that. But it's like, atoms were there the whole time. We just didn't know it. So it's like, what is there that's smaller than that, that we're just completely unaware of because we don't have the instruments to actually perceive it yet. And, and it's like, where are we on this grand scale? Cause it's like, there's these things that are very small and there's also things that are huge, but it's like, there are for sure things that are way bigger than us. And it's like to something, the size of a star, it's like, we're probably like an atom. And it's like, you could get lost in that whole relativity of everything. But what I, the question I had after that, I was like, all right, like, cause what it feels like, what it felt like, I guess was it felt like mathematically you may not be able to reach that line as you as you approach that asymptote the decimals just get smaller and smaller and smaller but it's like at some point if everything is made up out of something it's like there has to be some universal standard material that's just arranged in different densities that then comprises everything else it's just different arrangements of that one thing because it's like i guess that's as far as we could reduce the fraction that's as simple as we can make it and then from there and it was so hard to put all of this into words. Like we took people that could barely talk in complete sentences because we're just tripping balls, but it's like, we're still <laughs> coming up. We're still coming up with this. And it took like an hour and it was like excruciating because it's like, you'll be following this train of thought. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I kind of have to take a piss. And I'm like, fuck. And then it just pulls you out and you're like, fuck, I have to backtrack like all the way to this. And then it's like the second you get there, somebody else is like trying to ask you a question and you're like, fuck. And it's like, you were trying to find this one thing and it's like, everything is pulling you away from it. It's like a constant fight. And maybe that's symbolic of something as well. But what it came down to 
was say there's that one material and it's just like I said arranged in different densities and it makes everything up and so it's like you could basically define everything as either the presence or absence of this one thing everything is defined by something being there or something not being there it's like binary ones and zeros it's like and it all just means something and I was like what is that because it's like what we all are made of it's all that everything has ever been all that everything will ever be and it was like I got to that point and I asked my friends and then two of my friends are like that's it I'm like what do you mean and they're like that's just it man and I'm like again I'm like you guys are like what the fuck are you talking about like what do you mean that's it like it's like I couldn't I couldn't put it into words beyond that I'm like I don't know how else to explain it and they're like no seriously that is it and I'm like what's it and they're like everything that whatever you want to call it it's like what you're focusing on right now and it was just kind of fun like i don't know why i've never thought of it before but then it seemed like as soon as you reach that point it's like everywhere it is everything it is everyone and it's like you can draw everything back to it or the presence or absence of it and then it's like you have everything exists in that duality it's like you have yin and yang you have good and evil you have light and dark you have left and right like you can literally boil everything down in its simplest form becomes uh, a fragment of that duality or some representation of it and it was just like it was just blowing my mind and it's like and we're like what is, like is it mat is it matter is it energy is it like some combination of it and it's like who it, it, ah, fuck it's so hard to like we went so many places, and it's like I feel like if I were just ripped out of my mind right now on that same level, I'd do a much better job of explaining it. Because, like, we tried to write it down. We tried to keep talking about it so we could, like, keep it alive. Because it literally felt like in order to focus on it, you almost had to physically gather it and, like, mass it all in this one spot. It's like the second you stop paying attention to it, it just started spreading back out. And it was, like, harder to conceptualize. But that was, like, the big hitter. And then we were talking about how that basically creates the not only it's like if we go from like the big bang like it's just the mass of it and then it blows up and starts expanding 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 into what we know as the universe and then sooner or later i'm pretty sure the theory is that it's like it'll spread out until it physically can't spread anymore and then all of it starts coming back together and it's just a giant cycle of that so it's like who knows is this the first time this has ever happened i mean it's definitely the first time we we're aware of it because we are a part of that timeline but it's like this could be happening an infinite number of times and it's just like everything that happens in between the start and finish it's just complete chaos it's just random uh like particles bouncing off of each other and evolving into what we have now and then sooner or later it'll devolve back into just like the one blob of whatever it is and so that was kind of just fucking mind-blowing and then ah shit there was there's a bunch of other parts to it but that's like the big central piece and then it, we started talking about like the whole everything you could break it down to a cycle like life and it's like is this the first time that we've gone through this or is it like we said when we die we start replaying everything so it's like this keeps happening over and over and over and over and over again and it's like is that is there some residue of that left over in whatever this room is and it's like every time we pass by like some of the wires cross and we get like an image of the future or something and then it's like weeks or years even will go by and then it's like that feeling deja vu like oh i've seen this before like i've seen this exact situation before and it might be completely meaningless and it's like this information does nothing for you but it's like you are certain 
you have seen that exact thing before, exactly as it played out directly in front of you. And it's like, how could I have possibly done that? And so, like, we talked about that. We talked about, uh, let's see. And it, it was like, there was one guy there. I do feel bad for him because there was one guy out of the group of us. It was the first time he has ever taken LSD. And this is like us, like, bouncing all this stuff off of each other. We're outside. No one's around for a mile. We're yelling this shit. Like, it's like anything that was, like, groundbreaking. We're like, oh, my God. Like, what the fuck about this? And it's like he's just sitting there watching all of it happen. And everybody's like, hey, man, like, why don't you, like, get away from all this shit? It sounds scary. And we're like, no, like, this isn't scary. This is, like, this is good. This is the most, like, rationalized thought we've ever had while we're just, like, completely fucked up. And it was just like, he was just kind of, he didn't, I don't remember him saying much of anything. He was just like real wide eyed and was like, all right, like you guys are fucking crazy. Like, I don't know. But like, so eventually my friends and I walked away from like the fire off into the woods and we were like a hundred yards away from where everybody else was sitting. And we're like whispering now. And it was like, it was incredibly interesting because it was like everything we were whispering about, we could still hear the people at the fire talking. But everything they were talking about, their entire conversations, would pertain to exactly what we had just mentioned, like, mere seconds beforehand. As if they were sitting right next to us, like, replying to us in part of the conversation. And I was just like, I was like, I don't know. I'm like, am I just making myself hear that? Is this just my own subconscious, like, projecting whatever it thinks is happening? And is that, and then it came back to the whole, is this just all my brain? Like, is all that life is just my brain filling the void? And it's just everything like, and then it's like, am I the only one or does everybody get this? And it's different for everyone. And it was like, I can't remember. It almost reminded me of like that black mirror shit where it's like when you're old and dying, they can like upload your consciousness into some database. And it's like, what if that's just us? We're just like sitting in a computer somewhere, just rolling through all this shit. And it's just cubicle after cubicle of like a person just plugged into some bullshit. But it's like, and there's a bunch of thoughts that just take you like, Nowhere in particular, but it's just, like, infinite possibilities, and it keeps coming back to the whole it thing. And so, eventually, uh, the conversation, because I'm talking to the same friend through all this, he keeps telling and I remember it's been probably three years of them telling me constantly, he's like, you have to watch the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey, while you're tripping on acid. And I was, and I've done it. I've done it with them at least, like, 30 times. It's like a stupid number of times for a three hour movie. And like, I remember them telling me going into it, they're like, it will answer every question you've ever had. It's like everything you need to know about life put into a movie. Like, they don't know. Cause like Stanley Kubrick, yeah, he's a genius. Like, he's this wonderful director and artist. And I'm like, yeah, it's got to be like, I'm sure it's exactly what they're saying it is. Like, I can't wait to experience it. And it's like every time we'd all hang out, there'd be like 10 of us. And it's like, we drop and then everybody wants to go do something. No one wants to sit and watch this movie. And I'm like, all right, well you guys can go do whatever, but it's like, I want to see, I want to see what everybody's talking about. And they'd be like, nah, we got to watch something else. And it's just like roadblock after fucking roadblock, like getting in the way. It's like somebody was literally physically trying to stop me from watching this movie or like understanding it. And then I remember like probably the 10th time we tried to do this. I saw it start to finish, no interruptions, no anything, no commentary from my friends. And I was just like, I don't like, I'm like, are you fu-? like? I thought they were fucking with me. I was like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get what you guys are talking about. And they're like, nah, you just don't get it, man. I'm like, don't you fuck, don't you fucking like, 
I don't even know what to call it. Don't you gatekeep me or whatever the fuck. Like, don't you tell me what I do and don't understand. Like, and they're just telling, they're like, nah, man, you just don't see it. And this was like before the whole it revelation thing. And they kept saying, you don't get it. And it's like, I feel like that was what they were talking about. Intellectual cock block. Yeah. And I'm just like, you motherfuckers. So like most of the time they're like, Hey, let's watch it again. And I'm like, no, like, fuck you. I'm over it. Like for an entire year. I was like, absolutely not. Like, I don't care. You guys are just making fun of me. Like all this bullshit. And then they're like, all right, whatever. Fuck you. And then they stopped asking. But then after this conversation, my friends, like, I guarantee you, if we sat you down right now and you watched it, you would completely understand everything that we've been talking about. And I was like, here we go again. Everything ties back to this fucking movie. I don't understand it. Like, I will, I guess I'll, give you the pleasure of doing it one more time because you fuckers are going to think it's hilarious. But, uh, so fast forward like a month from that and, uh, we were all getting together, same group of guys to play poker for a night. And it was at my buddy's house. It's the same friend that was telling me to watch the movie. And he was like, if you come over like, like early in the day, early in the morning, we're not playing poker till evening. We can trip watch this movie, see what you think, and then we'll just play poker afterward. We're like, all right, whatever. I was like, fuck it. It's worth a shot. So get there. I don't know. Have you guys, have you guys seen the movie? Have you seen that? Yeah, have you I, seen Space I own Odyssey? it. When, okay. I was, when I was really, really young, I saw it. I don't like, know, I regardless, it. solid movie. Like, even when I didn't understand it. Beautiful. Like, the fact that they made it in 1968 blows my mind. And uh, up to, like, also, I didn't realize they released a book in conjunction with it. Like, I just thought the movie was based off the book, but they actually came out the same exact time. They were meant to, like, accompany one another. And I've, uh, up at this point, I've read about half of the book, and it kind of, like, helped explain some of the things I was questionable questioning in the movie. But anyway, so we take it. This was just normal stuff on paper again, because that's all we had access to. And But, like, it was, it was... It was good. Like, it was good shit. And, uh, like, right when everything started getting stupid, he's like, all right, we're going to, like, we turn off all the lights. We fucking pulled blinds over all the windows. And it's, like, totally dark. And we're sitting in this room, and the movie starts. And it's, like, immediately, and I mean, the the cinematography, incredible job. Like I said, especially for 1968. The visual effects are insane. But also, like, the score, the music with it, it's, like, somehow the combination of the two it's like the movie leaves the screen and it turns the entire room around you into whatever the setting of that movie is like whatever room you're in whatever environment you're in outside and it's almost like it makes your eyes not focus on the screen it's like it makes you move around the entire room and like take it all in and it's like the entire time you're doing it it's like you don't lose any of the experience of the movie and like my friends had talked about that for over a year and i'm like you guys are fucking with me but it's like i finally felt that and it was just like you i think what was happening was i was just trying to read too far into it trying to analyze every little microscopic piece of it it's like you're you don't see the forest through the trees or whatever that's saying it's literally that and it's like you just have to let go and just kind of go with it all right so that's so that's what happened and instantly it's i don't want to spoil the movie for people that have, i mean it's been out for fucking okay well let's give him a fucking spoiler you have a spoiler <laughs> alert turn the fucking show off if you don't want to hear the goddamn result five four three two one okay go ahead <laughs> but basically it starts off it's like the origin of man in i don't know if it specifically says it but it looks like africa like the uh savannah and it's just like apes just kind of all it's literally just them on their day-to-day like looking at foraging for food finding water like uh territorial disputes with other groups of the same species and then 
uh, and it's just them like looking terrified, like looking out for predators and all this shit. And then one night they all go to sleep and they're all still looking out like something could be out in the darkness hunting them or whatever. And then in the morning they wake up and there's the monolith, the big rectangular gray block just sitting there and no, none of them know how it got there. They all start freaking out and like, they, they all lose their cool, they're losing their shit, they're freaking out, but it's not doing anything. It's not having any effect on the monolith at all. And then eventually they get close to it, and then they touch it. And then, like, it cuts away from it eventually and doesn't really explain a whole lot of what's going on. But if you read the book, you find out that the monolith is basically, like, it's conducting experiments with these apes and uh, trying to teach them how to, like, tie knots and how to like make tools out of rocks and use sticks and shit and how to like hunt for food instead of just foraging and scavenging. And then it's like, if they figure it out, it rewards them. And if they fuck it up, it punishes them. So there's like positive and negative reinforcement for it. And they totally skip over that in the movie, but it's like, I guess you could kind of imply that was what was going on, but I missed it every other time I've watched it. So I'm glad I read the book for that part. And then eventually, yeah, you see like this one tribe of apes just prospering over all of the other ones that are around them. They're fighting for like the water source in the area. They're eating meat now instead of just eating seeds and grass and shit. And now they have the tools that they need to survive and evolve. And then it leaves them behind and it goes to basically the next thing it cuts to is like space age humanity, like right around where they were in the 1960s. Well, more, a little bit more ahead, I guess, more advanced, but like definitely where people imagined space was space travel and exploration was going to go, uh, after the sixties. And it's people, this one guy, he's a doctor is traveling from earth to the moon. And he's like on the secret mission basically, because there's rumors that some virus is broken out and they have to like, it's kind of, it's honestly, it was like kind of scary to watch it in the, like, with the context of everything that we have going on right now, because they're talking about this fucking virus and the people are like, is it real? Is it fake? No one knows what to make about it. And it's all real shady gray area kind of shit. And it's like, you have all these scientists that are like given their two cents, but there's only like one guy allegedly that knows what's going on. And everybody's trying to poke and prod him and get his opinion or see what he knows. And the entire time, it's just him being like, I'm sorry, I can't disclose any of this information. I'm just trying to make it to the moon, complete whatever the fuck I'm supposed to do. So, like, that, it's like, what the fuck? Um, but eventually he gets to whatever this lab is at the moon, and it's like a, it's almost like what a war room in, like, the Pentagon would look like, or what you'd imagine it to look like. You've got, like, the top brass all hanging out in this one room with, like, a projector, and they're giving presentations and shit. And he's like, basically, like, I know, I'm sorry for all this news about a virus, and everybody's, like, trying to pry into all your bullshit and everything, but it's just a cover story for, like, what's really going on, which, again like hits hard right about now. Cause it's like a lot of people have a lot of theories for what's going on. And, uh, but basically they're like, we've discovered something on the moon. We don't know what it is, how it got there. And it ends up being another one of these monoliths. And so they like take a little space shuttle thing out, land at the site where it was excavated. Cause it was like buried basically. And, uh, they go out, and it's like they're celebrating their scientific fi- – they don't even know what it is. But they're like all celebrating, like taking photos next to it and everything. And then it's like as they're taking photos next to it, it's like this uh, super loud sonic burst, whatever. It's like super loud, super high frequency. It just like gives you a headache the second you hear it. just like breaks out. And everybody's like, ah, oh, fuck, like what's going on? And then it just cuts again. But it's like remember how it was rewarding and punishing the apes when they figured stuff out 
it was it's like the pride that they all had when they're trying to show off whatever achievement it is it's punishing them for that it's like well you're not going the right direction with this bullshit and i mean that applies to a lot of like what we're doing right now basically like we shouldn't be doing it for fame or fortune whatever it is it's like we should be doing it to advance ourselves and to help other people is kind of what i took from it and also it's funny and i don't think i talked about this before but it's like how they said it was buried it was almost like it was hidden it's like it was there only for people that were seeking something out and if you found it then there was like something it could offer you and in a way it's like we tied it back to when we, cause we're talking to each other the entire time through this movie, like what's going on in our heads right now, how we think this applies to like the universe and life and everything. And it's like, it's like one of those little breadcrumbs that got left behind by like somebody else. And it's like, it's only there to benefit those that are willing to seek it out. Or, I mean, I shouldn't say benefit. It's like neutral, but it's like, it could be good or bad, but it's only there for the people that seek it out. And to me, at least it seems almost like that's what certain art pieces do or certain certain drugs even, especially like psychedelics, because it's like your entire life you grow up and people tell you about it. They're like, oh, if you do this, you're going to be a piece of shit. You're just going to amount to nothing. You're going to be a fucking druggie, all this shit. And it's like even in spite of everything that you've heard about it, all the roadblocks that people throw in front of you in the way, it's like if you cross all of those and try it, specifically like acid or mushrooms or dmt anything like that it's almost like there is some sort of reward of like enlightenment or understanding or perception that you get out of it that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise so it's almost like maybe it's teaching you something about like the next step of evolution and if you use it in the right way then you will be positively impacted but like you can also go south with it and fuck a bunch of shit up and it's like it's going to punish you for this. So like that was kind of an interesting thing to think about. But yeah, and so, it's like psychedelics like unlock parts of your brain that that you don't normally use. Exactly. Like we've done studies on it and like cuz I mean like we use like so little of our brain. Right. You know what I mean for like conscious thought and there's like so much of the brain that can be like used whenever they monitor people's like brain activity like doing psychedelics like Oh, yeah. Acid, shrooms, DMT, like unlock certain parts of your mind. And that's why, like, like, sorry for the interruption, but oh, I, no, I've been good. thinking about this for like the past like 20 minutes. But like a lot of the stuff you were talking about earlier reminds me of the holographic universe theory. Like okay. where you said like how like you, you saw everything like almost in like 2D. So it's like a theory that posits that like that like the entire universe is just like some sort of hologram and, and the, the, I guess the thing that gives this theory like any sort of credence so like right now like trying to rectify quantum mechanics with regular physics like there's a lot of equations that don't add up okay but when you when you put everything in 2D it makes all of the equations between quantum mechanics and regular physics like it rectifies every single issue like every single equation is solvable on 2D instead of 3D. So, oh, shit. It, yeah, it's a, it, it reminds me of that like I, I read about like all these like crazy theories about the universe, but that's what it reminded me of. Where it's like I'm glad like, you brought it, that up. Yeah, and like I said, it just posits that you like like the if the universe is like a hologram, it's it's only 2D, but we perceive it as 3D because we're in it. 
Right, and that's, okay, so this is exactly what we, like a little sidebar, I guess, from the movie right now, but this is important because it's like driving from the whole it, the like absence or presence, the duality of everything. We went into that, and then immediately after that, I was thinking of like, that sounds like everything I've learned about like Taoism, the I Ching, the Tao Te Ching, like all of Eastern philosophy seem to originate from that. So I immediately started buying books about that, and I'm just trying to pour through them all and learn as much as I can about that. And then I also... I was watching Cosmos, like, breaking down, like, all these complex ideas into, like, simple things that, like, I could understand. And I'm trying to read more books about that. But it's, like, honestly, like, the keys to understanding the universe all seem like they're tethered into all of that. Like, it all comes together. It's all at play all at the same time throughout all of existence. It's, like, you can isolate one thing to think about it, but it's, like, there's all these other factors coming into play at the same time. And then that also reminds me of – this was oh, this was years ago um, – because it was like people talk about things in multiple dimensions and it's like I like if someone were to tell me like describe what a fourth dimensional object would look like I wouldn't I physically do not know how to tell you what it would be but like thinking down that line I remember watching a video and it was Carl Sagan I don't know what year it was but it was like it was him basically like giving a presentation trying to explain what the fourth dimension would be like to a three-dimensional being which is us and he says the only way that he knows really how to break it down would be it would be almost the same as what a three-dimensional figure is to something that only lives in two dimensions. So, like, if you have this two-dimensional plane with some organism or thing with sentience living in two dimensions, it only has, like, the length and width, the X and Y axis, and say we also exist at the same time and in the same place, but in a three-dimensional plane, we will take up space in that two-dimensional plane, but they will only see a sliver of whatever we are there because they don't get the depth of it. They don't get the Z-axis. They only see the part of us that's represented on the X and Y. So say if we're standing, like if it's on floor level, that two-dimensional being, and we're standing on that same floor, they're basically getting a sliver of our feet, so to speak. And if we are talking, trying to communicate with that two-dimensional thing, it will sound like it will see whatever that sliver is, but it will sound as if that voice is coming from nowhere because it can't perceive where that voice is coming from. And then Carl Sagan, I believe, posits, what if that's what our conscience is? Because it's inside of us, but we act like, where does it come from? And it's like the same volume, no matter what it's saying or doing, like inside of our head, but that voice in your head, it's constant. And it's like you can't physically say where it is, but it, everyone hears it. And that fucked me up. <laughs> but I do think a lot, like, what if – and this is the whole thing where I struggle because it's like I don't I, – or at least I, I – it's hard to say what I believe anymore because it's like I do like entertaining the thoughts of other things and trying to see how I can work them out in my head. But I don't believe in any kind of God or any one true religion or anything like that or an afterlife. But it's like if – that we're a fourth dimensional being that is the voice in our head. And if we are a fourth dimensional being that just has all of these instruments that let us perceive third dimensional life, like, and it's like, we only like, there's so many things going on that we don't perceive just because we don't have the tools to do it. And it's like, yeah, we see because we have eyes, we hear things because we have ears, we smell things because we have a nose, but it's like, how much are we missing? Because we don't have whatever we would need to perceive it. It's like sharks have the, uh, the neural network on the sides of them. It's like the ampullae of Lorenzini or something, and they pick up electrical impulses and that's how they find fish or say like, even 
within the realm of what we have like your eyes can only see certain wavelengths of light we know there's uv right, like we, we know there's infrared, infrared but we still can't see it yeah we can only hear certain frequencies we can only smell things if there's a certain number of parts per billionth of something floating around in the air and it's like there are other animals that can do all that stuff that we can't but they're equipped with the same tools so that it's like it all ties back into the same thing it's like we just can't perceive everything, but like we know it's there, and that it, I think that's the whole part of like trying to explain what a fourth dimension is is so hard because like we don't have the tools to imagine it really. Like we have our brain, and I think what Carl Sagan did is broke it down about as clearly as up to this point I can understand it. And so it's just like what happens when our third dimensional body dies? Does that, if it is a fourth dimensional or whatever dimension, all being, does that go somewhere? Like, is it like, all right, I'm like taking this jacket off and leaving it, but I'm going somewhere else. Like, so it's just, it's just yeah. interesting shit to think about. So we're like, we're thinking about that it, kind of stuff as we're watching the movie too. But I did, I like, did have a question for you yes, while you're yes, on the topic. Ahead. Um, and I, just like you, I don't believe in anything like, uh, in an afterlife. I don't believe in any God or any of that stuff. But did you find this to be challenging being an atheist uh, and a materialist, like I think that both of us are kind. Well, I mean, maybe maybe not so much you anymore, uh, but at least you know prior to this experience or before experiencing any of this stuff, as an atheist and a materialist, do you have? Do you find this to be challenging? Because you know, for me, it's almost like if I've totally accepted the fact that this is the only trip that you're going to take. No pun intended. And right. <laughs> when it's when it's over, it's over, and it goes back to the void. Just like before, you were born, you were nothing. You didn't exist. It wasn't painful. It wasn't joyful. It was nothing. It was nothingness without end. Right. So I right. figured that that's what I go back to. But when I talk to, and I want to hear what, what Chris has to say too, because I've heard people take who take DMT, and of course everybody knows Joe Rogan's fucking story because he even yeah. says after experiencing DMT or using psychedelics. Um, that they're not sure anymore. And I find that to be, it's not troubling, but what I like to know is how does that make you feel like when, because a lot, I think most of us were raised in a religious tradition of one way or other, whether it be a Protestant Christianity or Catholicism or some sort of organized Christian church where we, right. we grow up and we are like, okay, those are fairy tales for adults. I understand that now that's not real. Now right. you're confronted with something that's even deeper probably than those experiences as a kid you know, believing in the invisible sky wizard and all this other stuff. And now you're, you're experiencing something that's challenging your, your, uh, commit, not commitment. I don't want to use the word commitment, but your understanding of, of, of existence on, on like this what planet. what you thought was an objective reality. Like Correct. What? Yeah, okay. exactly. I'd like to hear from both of you, like wh how, if at all, so, did it, cha did so it challenge I've, you? I've done DMT before. All right. And, uh, it's, uh, it's crazy. So it's like, depending on how you take it, like the most common method would be to just smoke it and it la like your trip will only last like 15 minutes. Yeah. If that... But it's like you, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you really like, it's like you blast off into like another realm of existence. Like, and it kind of, so, so like the take that I have, um, and, and this is like another interesting theory for for Randall and, and you know all y'all to like look into, but like the theory of quantum consciousness. So that's kind of like a 
it's like a non-religious way of like kind of like looking at the afterlife because when you break it all down like we're all energy right you know what i mean like we're all just energy and like you know one of the basic laws of of physics is that like you know matter can neither be created nor destroyed it just shifts into something else correct and it's like what if your consciousness can like do the same thing you know like on a quantum level like you know like as we perceive it really like you know in science it breaks it down it's like just like electrical impulses in your brain but like where does you know like where does that stuff go when you die you know like is there is there another realm of existence like you said jay like are we just like you know taking off our jacket and going on another trip here or like what what's happening but but yeah the, the theory of quantum consciousness and especially like after like experiencing like dmt it really kind of makes you like maybe like consider it just because like it really is like so like you do dmt and like you really just like it's like you're not even where you're at like so just imagine like some like not none of you guys have tried dmt right no i i did once Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So and I, it's, like, it's like, what you're saying, I want to like build from that at later, but keep going. But but yeah, so it's like you just like you just like you're in like another universe, man. Like I was sitting in this room and like this like dull brown carpet like lights up like a fucking Christmas tree. Like it just turned into like neon green and red. Like the room like expanded and it was like like I said, it's like you were no longer where you were like you're just in another plane of existence it's like almost almost like an out of body experience type of thing and it's just like so crazy like you just imagine like the craziest like acid trip you've ever been on or like the craziest trip on shrooms and just like compact that into like 15 minutes like you it's like you experience that is so much exactly. in a short amount of yes. time <laughs> it's yeah it's you just condense the entire eight hours into 10 minutes like everything right yeah it's 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 nuts and it's just like i I don't like you you lose all perception of time like you have you know like i said like you're just in another plane of existence it's just like the craziest like experience it 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 was like crazy because like like i said like we smoked it so we were like like i remember like we passed it around and like i hit it once and it you know, it was going around, and I'm like, man, when's this shit going to kick in? Is this shit bunk? You know? And then, like, <laughs> the second hit came around, and I, I, I took a hit, and I went to pass it. And I'm like, man, when's this shit going to, whoa! <laughs> and you just, like, like I said, you just, it's like you just blast. It's like you're in a fucking rocket ship that's going beyond the speed of light, and you're just fucking, like, imagine, like, like being in this one spot like on earth and then just slowly just rocketing out and just seeing everything getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and it's just like holy shit and then like afterwards like you just (laughs) i don't know you're just like you're not quite the same for like like the trip like i said only lasts like 10 15 minutes but for like several hours afterwards like it's like almost like you have to readjust to your reality again like afterwards it's like the most vivid dream you've ever had Right, right, and it's all, but it all happens, uh, like, it, like it's, it's just, like, it's, like, an infinite amount of time into, like, 10 to 15 minutes, and it's just, like, it's crazy, and it's, like, I remember, like, my one buddy was with me, and he, he like, kind, he, like, kind of, like, he didn't have, like, a bad trip, but he kind of, like, freaked out, and it, like, 
it kind of like changed his thought process forever afterwards because he said he looked over at me and he said he just saw me as like this glowing being of light and it just like he was just like he was like dude you were like an angel or something man <laughs> like it just like it like really fucked with him man like it was just like I don't want to say it was like life changing but it just like it definitely made him like think harder about certain things afterwards but it was right. just like yeah, it, like totally changed his thought process, man. He was just like, like I said, like he just like he's like he. Lo- I looked over at you, man, and you were just like this glowing, like yellow light. It was like so freaky. <laughs> before you like, you know how you say you like slingshot out of your body. Like before that part yeah. happened, did you like get a look? Were you with anybody else, or was? Oh yeah, you said you were passing it around. So like, did you get a good yeah, look at like it. anybody else's faces, like before everything kind of went out of body? No, I didn't because honestly, like when I blasted off, it was like nobody else was there. Okay. It was like weird. It was it was just me. Like I didn't notice anybody else. I was just like, like I said, I just blasted off into this right. other realm of existence, and I didn't really see anybody else. I didn't get a good look at anybody else. It just like it just like hit me and floored me all of a sudden. And I was just like, like in in reality to like an outside observer that was totally sober. Like I was probably just staring at one point in space. (laughs) No, have you, uh, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just like the only way I can break it down. Like the closest thing I could compare it to. Have you ever seen the movie, uh, interstellar? Yes. So, you know the part where Matthew McConaughey goes through the black hole? Yes. That is the closest thing I could compare it to. That is yeah, what... Yeah, It's like uh, that mixed with like a beehive in the honeycomb is like yeah. what everything looked like. It was like a cave of yeah. nothing but that. Yeah, that's funny that you... Ma- like, I never thought of that comparison in my head, but I, I love Interstellar. Like, that's a kick-ass movie. It's the only thing but, I uh, can think of. Yeah, like that's definitely that's a, an excellent like way of looking at it. like when he goes through that black hole and just like it becomes like infinite space and it's yeah. just like like it's literally yeah, a it, three dimensional grid where it's like you look in one direction mm-hmm. and it's like that is whatever location you're standing in in the past and it's like if you look to your right it's like that's that same location in the future and then it's like you can move yeah. through this matrix and it's just all of space and time and you can like choose where you want to go and it like yeah it's it's like you're standing. It's like you're standing at the intersection of time and space. Yeah. It's, it, I'm glad you agree, yeah. though, because that's the only way I've ever been able to break it down. And it's like, I don't yeah, really no, know that, anybody that's, else. That's like, that's, a, that's like a super good analogy, man. Like I said, I, I never even thought about that until you mentioned it. And like I said, I, I love Interstellar. I've watched it a couple times. But yeah, so now that you mention it, it's definitely like that. Like I said, it's like you're just like at the intersection of time and space and just everything's fucking infinite. And like you said, it's like you can just move around in, you know, different points in time. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just such a weird, like the human mind is like so fucking fascinating. Like, like I feel like there's just like so many mysteries about ourselves that like, we don't even, we don't even know yet. And, And psychedelics really are like a key to helping us like unlock that. Just like they say like people with like, uh, you know, like mental disorders and stuff like, you know, people that are bipolar or people that are schizophrenic, they can like yeah. microdose them with, with stuff like that. And it, it, it like, and it's such a shame because they're all considered fucking class one drugs. So like, you can't really do like too many like legit studies with it. Be- do you think <laughs> there's a reason like for that though? Like, um, 
it makes you question objective reality and like why things are the way they are. So it's like, do you really want yeah, yeah. everyone going around doing that? Cause they're going to be like, Hey, everything's so fucked up and it doesn't have to be like, <laughs> yeah. It, well, I, mean, I definitely think there's like, once again, that like makes my conspiracy brain start ticking, mm-hmm. you know, cause like the government did like experiments with this shit. Like, yeah. Back MK in Ultra. the sixties. Yeah. 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 So like the government did experiments with that shit and it's just like, what are they not telling us? You know, oh, like, yeah. what did they find out that they're not telling us? And why is this under the right circumstances, harmless substance? I'll put it that way. Cause it's not, oh, yeah. cause I've had, I've had bad trips before too. Um, not with DMT, but with, you know, obviously with like shrooms, like doing too much of them. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, like I said, under the right circumstances, you know, a harm a harmless substance you know most of it's like you know especially like shrooms are like totally natural you know psilocybin and exactly. it, it like it, it ties back into um another theory that i think is incredibly fucking interesting which is the stoned ape theory i knew it i knew that was what you're gonna say i was hoping we'd get to that <laughs> yeah sorry yeah i i i uh like like I said, th- these are things that like fascinate me like endlessly, and like I read about this shit like all the time. Yeah. But like there was like a point in our evolution where like our brains like leaped forward because you know like, like you said you were talking about two thousand one a space odyssey and like the obelisk like experimenting on on people. It's just and, a great metaphor for whatever. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's what I was gonna say. That's right where I was getting to. Is like it, <laughs> it, it could almost be like a metaphor. Like the obelisk could be psilocybin. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, the, like they said that there was like a point in our evolution where like our brains just like leaped forward, and and the, the theory, you know, which obviously a lot of scientists try and debunk it, but but the theory definitely posits that like what if primitive man you know, experimented right. with, with these. Cause like, how can these. we disprove that? Like, how mm-hmm. could we say yeah, that you can't didn't happen? Like, and I think that's but, part of the movie it, too. It's like, it's almost like yeah. that same line of thinking. Right. But, it, but it's like a lot of the things like, like even like a lot of like modern science, like almost ties into that because it, uh, it begins to unlock parts of your brain that you never use. You know? So like, what if that happened, you know, like primitive man, like we went from, being hunter gatherers to you know building tools to building civilization to to doing right. all this other stuff and it's like what if what if it really was like psychedelics that like helped us unlock those parts of our brain you know because it expanded it so much and it just it was like rapid evolution of the mind you know and like right. what if what if psychedelics really are the key to like unlocking that and I'm not, well, I'm not yeah. encouraging anybody to go out there and trip your balls off all the time because you can get <laughs> and become a burnout. And I've met people that were burned out on this shit because they did it too much. But oh, certainly, micro dosing. Like a lot of people like swear by like micro dosing. Yeah, it's like, and that's like, uh, you said, oh shit, like basically mind expansion, thinking of ways or thinking in ways that you've never thought before, and right. So like you know. Do you think that it's like psychedelics help you notice patterns or do you think it's like the human brain already likes picking up patterns and then it kind of just makes you better at it? Because that's like one of the big things with like evolution is the human mind's ability to recognize patterns and wherever the pattern breaks, it's like an anomaly. And then that's like real big with uh, 
like say camouflage. It's like if you're looking around whatever environment you're in for like predators or threats, you're looking because it's like everything that's uniform pattern, like your brain kind of maps that out as like, you don't even have to be looking directly at it. It almost like blurs it together, like your periphery, but it's like the mm-hmm. second you see an inconsistency or an anomaly, it's like that jumps out at you. And it's like, yeah, which would like, what would you contribute it to? It's like, is it because like if we tried psychedelics and evolved that became hardwired or is it just because the brain already likes patterns and that kind of thing is just like programmed in. It's like the chicken in the egg. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? what, what, what came first? Did we recognize patterns first or was there, was it this expansion of the human mind that helped us to recognize pattern? And, and honestly, I think it could, probably could be a little bit of both because honestly, like when you think about how evolution you know, theoretically works, it's supposed to be survival of the fittest. So those of us that can recognize those patterns, like that's how we, you know, survived in the wild against predators. And it takes you know, forever. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. But that's, you know, like I said, it definitely ties into it. So like I said, it, it it's hard telling like which you know, like you said, which came first, like, you know, were our minds good at recognizing patterns or was it this massive expansion of our brain that allowed us to recognize patterns? Right. And I think like on a particular level, um, you know, primitive man had to, in order to survive, had to have some sort of pattern recognition, but then it just became more and more complex over time and like that rapid expansion of the brain. Right. And it's like, and it's like when you think about it, like all this stuff, like art, like mathematics, physics, quantum mechanics, like all of this shit already exists. It's not like it's stuff that we're creating. Right. We're just it's making just stuff sense that of we, it. Yeah, it's just stuff that we've discovered. And it's like our minds rationalizing our existence. Exactly. And I think that's what's so fun about it is because it's like, like I said, it's like no matter how many times you do it, it's like you think you know exactly what's going to happen. But it's like there's some piece of it that like you didn't anticipate or there's something new. And it's just like a new piece to the puzzle. Or like every time you answer one question, it leads you down a road to like 50 other questions. And it's like, shit, now I have a ton more stuff to figure out. And then it's like you start pursuing those different avenues. And it's just every time – like you'll never be satisfied. It's like the right. second you figure one thing out, it's like, all right, what's the next thing? And then that's like – also part of what we were talking about with the movie was like because the whole story of it it's the origin of man and the evolution of man and it's like what is it that like drives this and it's like once we had rational thought we were talking about it it's like it's almost like we started off with this whole concept of why like why anything like why blank insert whatever you want to know the answer to and it's like we have this brain that is capable of tracking all this stuff down. But in order to figure it out, we need to eat. We need to have water. We need shelter. We need like all of these things to like fuel it and protect it. And it's like maybe, and if you really want to go for a stretch here with the movie, um, it's almost as if it's like we were given all of these instruments and all of these, the, the five senses to experience what the third dimensional world has to offer and to just go out into the third dimension and be like, why anything? And it was a struggle. Like at first, it's like we had to evolve to the point that we could have rational thought. We had to keep that fire, keep the torch going, basically, keep passing it from generation to generation, keep teaching from generation to generation. And then eventually, it was like we got so good at it, we had it figured out. We started agriculture, we started making civilization, basically. And it was like almost too easy. And now it's like we might have even answered all the questions that we originally started off with, but it's like, 
these instruments that we had to perceive these feelings and to give the data that we wanted it's like now they are sentient and it's like they've accomplished their mission but they're still reproducing and it's like what do you do with all these leftover tools that have feelings that have hopes that have dreams and it's kind of like so the next step of that movie is them going to like i think it's like a moon off of saturn and they're in this spaceship that has how the computer system on it that's like the perfect calculator the perfect machine never made a mistake anything at all and it's like the way i saw it was it's like that is the next step of human evolution. It's like the consciousness getting merged with AI or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't have transhumanism. The, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't have the physical body that we have, but it's everything that we are striving towards. And it's like in the movie, shit starts going wrong for the people. And it's like people are dying, people are getting chucked out into outer space. But it's like every time I watched it, I was like, fuck, like things are going horribly wrong. But it's like, then I started this time through, I started thinking about it. I'm like, what if this is exactly what's supposed to happen? And it just followed that route. And it's like, what if say Hal is the uh, personification might not be the right word, but the representation of the human consciousness and like the next step of evolution, because I mean, that would make sense with the movie. We started with the apes, then we went to the humans that we are now. And then it goes into this third act and it still has people. But how is the only new variable introduced? So, like, you'd have to – one would logically think, like, that's where they're thinking we're going. And it's like how, basically, a computer – it reminds me of a sociopath. And it's like we have them with us now. And it's like that's – they rise up to positions of power, whether it's politically. They hold these positions because they're good at making decisions. They don't have emotions that are weighing them down. It's almost like they are a computer. And maybe that is the next step of evolution, and it's just everybody that has empathy, that has feelings, that has to take longer to make these split-second decisions, eventually they're going to get weeded out. And so that's like the two of them are on the same ship together. And it's like, Hal's got this mission, whatever it was. And it's like humanity helped him get to where he is it's like him standing on the shoulders of giants but it's like he realizes i don't need them anymore because these are all the tools that i use to figure out what got me to this point and it's like almost like outgrowing a pair of shoes and it's like but the shoes are still perfectly good they still like sentient shoes for like a, a <laughs> lack of a better metaphor but it's like they have <laughs> they have thoughts they have dreams they love they feel and it's like i don't need them anymore and all they're gonna do is weigh me down and so, like, what is the most humane way to basically put them out of their misery and then go on with whatever the rest of existence or the mission is? And it's just like, so it's not like he's killing them in cold blood, but it's like, we're already out in outer space. It's like, at some point, this has to come to an end for you, and it won't for me. So it's like, does it really matter how it happens? Like, no hard feelings. This is just the cold, hard, uh, I think there's a short story called, ah, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm mixing stories here. It's like... Devil's Arithmetic is a Holocaust book, but there's something, something arithmetic, and it's like a short story about this girl that stows away on a ship going into outer space because she really wants to visit her brother that's like stationed on another planet, but they didn't know she stowed away, and they only carry the exact amount of fuel to get the exact amount of weight that they accounted for to their destination. So basically, in order to save everybody, they had to jettison her into outer space because they, that was an anomaly that they didn't account for, and it was either her or it was everyone that was going down. So it's like, look, like we all are very sorry, but like this, it's either you die or everyone dies, and I feel like that's how Hal was thinking about it. And he's like, so in order for me to keep going on and evolving, it's like, I do have to get rid of you. But like, I am doing this the most humane way I possibly can. But then like, as the movie goes on, 
uh, Dave, the only guy left alive, is basically fighting it. And it's like, the way I think about it, it's like us fighting change because it's like we like where we're at right now. And it's like we think of like, yeah, we're, we know deep down that change is inevitable. But like there's some part of us that wants to fight for the way things are right now because it's like we're making it work and we've got it like figured out for the most part. We know how to operate under these parameters. But Hal is like, I know what I have to do at the same time. So it's like this tug of war. And it, and then in the movie, he climbs into that. What he gets back from trying to rescue his friend that got flung into outer space. He climbs in, and he's like starting to shut down Hal the computer. And it's just basically like the whole time I thought that scene was like scary as fuck. But I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, fuck, this is literally just like everything's a cycle. Everything is going to happen. Everything exactly what we fear might happen at some point will happen, and it's like. I'm starting to realize no matter how hard we resist, we are powerless to change this in the grand scheme because it's like things have been set in motion that just cannot be undone. And it's like Dave's fighting it right now, but it's like sooner or later, it's still going to happen no matter what he does. And it's like coming to terms with that kind of thing. And uh, Jay and I were talking about it. We're like, is it a feeling of peace? Is it, or is it like a resignation? Is it like giving up or is it acceptance? And it's like, I still don't know, but basically um, at that point in the movie, then he completely resets the computer. Hal sings this song that, like, it's like him rebooting or something. It's him factory resetting, and then this message comes on from like that same room in the Pentagon, like what I said looked like the room in the Pentagon, and it's like basically if you are receiving this message, this, this, and this had to have happened, and it's like basically saying the mission all along was you. Like all this other shit is bullshit. And it's literally just all in your own head. And then, like, like when I'm watching the movie, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, the first time, the first few times I saw it, I was like, what the fuck? But now it's like, I started to get it. Because for some reason, like I said, that movie, like, takes over the room, wherever you're at. And it's like, it blurs the lines between reality and the movie and what's happening in your head. And at this time in the movie, I don't know how it happened, but all I could see was the image of me walking up to like i don't even know if it was a mirror or like a parable parallel universe but it's like you are approaching this barrier between these two realities and you're looking at yourself from across that other plane as if you are looking into a mirror they're making the exact same movements you are and it's like everything that got you to that point carried you this far in life it's like all of your hopes and dreams everything that you held out hope for basically that uh i can't remember what the vonnegut kurt vonnegut wrote about it like the uh the light that's shining in all of us that keeps us going there's a different term for it. yeah this he called it the unwavering band of light the unwavering band of light thank you so basically that is just all the hope that you have for whatever you think life is carrying you to that moment everything that's kept you alive through all of the stuff that you have either suffered or just dealt with through your entire life and it's like you meet this alternate version of yourself and it's like he has everything that you have been looking for he is everything that you are not the yin to your yang and you're looking at him hoping that he has all of the answers but then you realize at that exact instant that he having everything that you are not has been looking for everything that you are hoping the exact same thing that you had all the answers and were the like reason for all of the hope that he had. And you realize together, you are everything. You are the universe. You are life. You are what you seek and you have gained essentially nothing from it. And it's just like, 
I literally remember having that thought in my head. It's like, what if everything we thought was going to save us is literally just, it came to us looking for the same thing. And I remember just laughing and sobbing uncontrollably. Like I've never, <laughs> like it was every feeling you could ever possibly feel rage, joy, sadness, happy, like everything all in one. And it was like, that was it. That is like, I literally reached out and touched whatever it was. It was like fucking ET phone home, touching me, whatever. And it's like the awakening. And then it was just like an explosion of all this emotion. And I was just like sitting next to my friend. He's just watching it all happen. He's like, you fucking get it, man. Like you figured it out. And I'm like, Oh my God. And then like all the thoughts that came after it too. It's just like, say this is like a reality that's just all my own that I've been creating to fill the void. And it's like, is this just a gift that I left for myself or like how, like how the fuck does Stanley Kubrick know to make this goddamn movie? Because it literally, if you break it down under the right circumstances, it makes you think of literally every aspect of the universe as we know it and reality as you know it. And it just like puts it all under this microscope and it's just the most beautiful piece of art you can watch. And it's just, it had everything. And like, I can't, I don't know how else to describe it or explain. I don't even know what it does for me in the long run, but it's like, I have never felt anything like that in my entire life. And like, it was everything. So that's like, I guess the finish of that whole story or the culmination of all those events. But it's like, all of it just happened because of like, randomly one day like i remember the first time i ever tried acid it was just like my friend was like do you want to do it and i was at a point in my life where i was like you know what like how much worse could things get like even if this fucks me up beyond repair it's like how much worse could it be than where i'm at right now <laughs> so then but it ended up being the complete opposite of that it was like i thought about things in ways i never knew was possible and it's like you start to think in ways that you've never thought before and it takes you to places you've never been and it's like it took me years of like every once in a while just being like, eh, fuck it. I got the time to kill. I got some money in my pocket. Why not try it again? See what happens. And then it finally got to the point where it's like, let's question all of what we know about reality, which like, yeah, you thought you were doing that the entire time, but like, here's this whole new level to the shit that you didn't even know about. And then it was just this rabbit hole that like, if you'd let it, it could consume everything. Like trying to find the words to describe it because it was like, it was super difficult. It's like, I know I laid it out like as what makes up the universe either by its presence or absence, but it was like putting it into work. Like it still didn't seem to do it justice. It's like more than that. And we were talking about it. And I'm like, it's like the one thing that you don't know how to put into words. It's the one thing that we don't know overall. And I was like, well, what if collectively we know everything like as a collective conscious, like we're all linked. What if collectively we know everything? And what if the only thing we don't know is nothing or like what we don't know is nothing so it's like you're just it's like this snake eating itself like in pursuit of something that isn't actually there because it's like collectively you have it all figured out but then they were like yeah that's it like that's fucking it and it's just like it's so aggravating but so satisfying at the same exact time and i've never experienced anything like that and then like i said everything about the movie and how it made me think about evolution and life in general and then the last part i'd say is like after Dave resets the computer, it's like he it's like he goes on a trip of his own, basically, and he starts seeing like you remember that void with like all the colors and it looks like he's where like two things meet, like on the edge of two spheres, and then there's all these colors flying at him through like the middle. And it just kinda reminds me of how like everything 
like if you think about an atom, most of it, like 99% of it, is empty space. You have the nucleus, and then you have whatever electrons are flying around on the outside of it. But the rest is just empty space. Like nothing's really happening there. There's the dead center where something's happening, and there's the very edge. And at the edge is where all of like the covalent and ionic bonds start happening, where like everything is created. It's on the edge of those two things. And it's like it seemed like he was passing between the edge of those two things, and then all the colors that were happening there is like the fabric of existence itself it's like where everything that we know happens between these two things and then it started to feel like the higgs boson particle yeah and it's like the duality of life like life and death the beginning and end and it's like the very middle it's where all that stuff's happening there's limitless potential but it's happening somewhere between these two points and it's like if you think about it the infinity symbol is just like the two circles next to each other and they join at that tangent line in the center and that's where everything we know exists on the edge of those two thresholds and and then it's like you can apply that to like I remember I went fishing a couple weeks ago with my friend and I was just like huh it's kind of funny how it's like we're in a giant fucking river full of water and it's like if you cast out to the middle where the water's deepest it's like there's nothing there it's like the only place we were catching fish is like where like trees fell into the water or like where water was about to transition into land and it's like on the edge of those two realities is where all the stuff we were after is and it's just like it was just like fucking me up but it's just, it, it, like I said, it's like, I don't necessarily know what any of this means for me in the grand scheme, but it's just like, it's like the most amazing experience ever. And it, I think it helps me appreciate like the small things in life. It's just like, you can make anything interesting if you think about it hard enough. And it's like, uh, I think overall what it encapsulates is the absurd like what Camus always talks about. And it's just like, there may not be any objective overall meaning, but it's like, if you focus on anything hard enough, you can find a reason to stay here and enjoy it. You can find a reason to keep on going, even if it's just something you've made for yourself. So that's, I guess that's kind of it. That's, <laughs> no uh, that's probably the fucking most intense, uh, episode we have. I mean, shit, this went deeper than the time you and I got drunk and we did this for three and a half hours, except this was, <laughs> Far more intense and less slurring. So that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was great, man. I went on on Reddit and asked, I was like, if anybody else has experienced anything similar, please write back. Or if you have any books or anything to recommend. And it's like people started recommending all these books, music, movies, art. And then it's kind of like, you can definitely tell when someone understands it. Because it's like it's in everything that they do or make. And it's like anything that moves you, basically, that makes you think. And it was like this. I mean, Vonnegut talks about it, too, in A Man Without a Country, probably hands down one of my favorite books right now. And basically the appreciation for art become it's from this familiarity of like the collective suffering of life, because it's like that is like one language that everyone can understand. And it's like only through that suffering can you appreciate all of the beauty that there is in life is what it's like. You can't have the good without the bad light without the dark like everything is described in terms of the other either either the presence or absence of the other and that it's incredible so i started reading all these books and it's just like crazy how everything comes back to like these central tenets it's like everything originated from it's like you can go to the like you said uh what was it like before you were born? And it's like, it's in the same way. We don't know what happened before the big bang. We can't see back that far. Like there could have been something, but then it's all reset by the big crunch of everything coming together. And then it bangs again. And then we could see everything in that window. And then once it all comes back together again, it'll be the end of that chapter. And it just keeps on going. And then, but it's like somewhere like, yeah, it's funny. There's a fish that walked out of water one day 
and now because of that I have to go to work and pay bills and all this bullshit and it's like how the fuck did we get here but it's like all of that is encapsulated by like all of the chaos that happens between those two points literally anything at Murphy's Law on a long enough timeline everything that is possible will inevitably happen and it's just fucking it's all that shit like that and I don't really know where to go with it anymore so like you guys I'm sorry I've talked this entire time no but, it's fine it's, <laughs> like, it's it's fine believe me we've all had our our, uh, our you know turns at uh uh, talking more than somebody else, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, it's a hell of an experience, and, you know, the opportunity to share it with other people, that's why I encourage anybody that's listening to this had a similar experience, email us, man. Please reach out. Yeah, because yes. like, it's, it's, really, it's really cool to share those experiences, and it's really neat that we have two people hosting that have both done DMT. Like, I'm not a psychedelics guy. I'm a downer guy. Like, I tried acid once when I was a kid, and I wasn't too enthralled with it. So I, I am a I am a reefer and downer kind of guy. That's how I like it. But that doesn't mean I'm not open to trying different things. But at the same time, both of you, it's funny how you're almost speaking the same language. Like, you both had a, a similar, like, well, I'm Fuck. talking about, like, DMT. Yes. You know what I mean? The DMT <laughs> trip, well, both of you were on the same wavelength, even though you didn't even know each other. You didn't even know the, each other at the time. Nor did you know that each other did it. You know what I mean? And that's where, like, yeah, the whole collective comes into play there because it's, like, that exact thing that you just mentioned. And, like I said, like, the same drug, same dose, everything. It's like you're on the wavelengths, like your radio's talking to each other. But it's, like, I feel like every time, like, even with weed, like, anytime I've taken some sort of mind-altering substance, it's almost like it takes you further away from your reality and off in a certain direction. But it's, like, it's almost like... uh we'll use like a train or a bus for reference. It's like there's different stops along the way and it's like, they'll take you closer and closer to whatever that destination is. But it's like certain substances will drop you off at certain points along the way while some of them carry you farther. And I feel like it's all going to that one collective realizing that it's like, we are all made of the same stuff. We are all the same thing. And it's like, why the fuck are we fighting each other, killing each other, all this bullshit. It's like when we are all one and then, and it's like the whole collective unconscious, like all the thoughts, like, I don't even know where to go with all of it, but like, that feels like it's kind it's gotta be onto something because it's like, how can so many people have the same exact experiences under the same circumstances, like all coming together. And it's like some kind of universal language, like math or science. And that's like what blew my mind watching the cosmos. And I remember reading about it in science class as a kid was they sent, I think it's like the Voyager probes that they originally sent to like Saturn and like the outer reaches of the solar system basically to try and see what was up out there. But that's not all they did. They have these two gold plates, like basically like records on, well, one of them is like a record, I'm pretty sure. And the other one's just basically like a big tablet. Yeah. And one of them is just like playing all of the sounds from Earth. It's playing like a heartbeat. It's playing like popular music from whenever they launched it. It's playing like people laughing, people crying, like whales and dolphins communicating with each other and like all this shit. And then on the other one, it's like, because basically the gist of it is they're trying to communicate with any kind of alien life. And I remember reading about that as a kid and I was like, how the fuck would they even know what to put on there? Because how the fuck would they ever like figure out what the fuck we were talking about or what all this shit means? But then I watched the cosmos and Neil deGrasse Tyson blew my fucking mind. Um, he was talking about how on the one of them, they literally just have like a diagram of a hydrogen molecule or a hydrogen atom. And it's like, I mean the periodic table, the list of elements, that is what makes up the universe as we know it. So it's like, if we discovered that chances are any other advanced civilization full of beings would have also figured that out. So they use the hydrogen atom, the structure of it, like the proton and the electron as like, 
some fucking like they compared it to like the solar system or something and like the planets orbiting the sun and then like explained where earth was in that. But then they also had this symbol and it's like, I, I might be butchering the fuck out of this. So somebody who knows about like quantum physics, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but basically like quasars are where I want to say, fuck, I get, I always get it confused. Cause like supernovas are when stars explode, but quasars is like when a black hole like consumes something or something and then light just jets out of it from like the top and bottom or some, sh- I can't remember. It's something like that. And basically it shows where our, solar system is in relationship to like all of the closest quasars to us and it's basically just like a map to where we are in space and there's all this other shit like that because science and math are the universal languages of everything so it's like if they could figure out what the universe is composed of and how to travel into outer space sooner or later they could in theory figure out how to use all of that information to get to where we are and that shit fucked me up it was like oh man like the mental gymnastics to get to that point but it all makes sense at the same time like it kills me but i love it all right that was a tremendous. That was. I don't even know where. Like, like I'm tapped out here, man. Like, I could tell. I tell you reefer stories, but that was a little bit deeper than I, you know, than I'd be able to to, to take people. That's for sure. So, sounds you know, like right. we got to go you. to go to West Virginia and uh, drop some acid. Say <laughs> thank you, everybody, for tripping the light fantastic with us. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding, man. Oh, yeah. And again, get a hold of us if you have a similar experience. We'd love to hear about it. I mean, hell, we can we can bring you on and you can share the story uh, if you have something similar to uh, to bring up. But um, if uh, anybody has anything else, I'd go ahead and wrap up. So please, uh, the floor is whoever's. <laughs> I'd like to say just to keep on theme, uh, the moral of this story is question everything and fuck the government. Agreed. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's now that that I'm I'm very touched by that statement. Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, I'm going to list some of the books that you were talking about uh, in the show notes, um, specifically, you know, dealing with you know talking about uh, what Kurt Vonnegut had to say, but also, uh, you know, some of the stuff that Carl Sagan had to say, uh, all that stuff. So if anybody's interested, they can take a peek. So. Does anybody have anything else before we wrap up? No, um, I do just have one thing in regards to um, the government and them giving acid to, you know, uh, MK Ultra victims. That Paul Benassi, he was, he said that they took him underground and um, other kids as well, and had like makeshift alien spaceships. Oh, and fuck. and like simulated a like gave them all acid and like simulated like a um, alien abduction story so that they could call them at any point in time if the MK Ultra um, child who was experienced this MK Ultra thing if they ever came out and talked about it like they could call and do a trigger word which then would make them sound crazy. Like, cause they like, sleeper. yeah, like they embedded like this, like, that's the Manchurian candidate. Yeah. They, yep. yeah, they embedded this experience in their head. And what's really funny about that is there was another lady who was describing like an abduction by aliens. And she said that she was taken to an underground base like in like an elevator shaft and that there was like army personnel, like, you know, 
that kidnapped her and took her to this underground base and a bunch of weird shit happened. But they say that people who have had alien abduction experiences are actually experiencing like an overload of DMT in their brain. And like that's why they think it's like people think they're being abducted, but they're really not. So that's kind of interesting. So, you know, more food for thought. You can look it up. That's I'm it. Glad, sorry. I'm glad you brought that up because like the MK Ultra kind of thing, there was something else. Uh, I need to look up the title of this book, but it just came out like within the last six months, I want to say. It's uh, I need to look up the author, but it's like Manson and the secret history of like the 1960s or something like that. And part of what it touches on is in Haight-Ashbury, um, they had these free clinics set up, and they were actually just like fronts for CIA operations, and they were basically just handing out LSD to hippies, like from what I understand about it. Like this is just like the glimpse that I've caught of it because I heard about it on other podcasts and in the news when this book started to come out. And uh, this guy basically, the author, what he wrote for a newspaper, and in 1999 they were like, hey, do a 30-year anniversary recap of the Manson murders and how it affected Hollywood. He was like, all right, sweet. I'll have an article to you in like two months. So he starts digging and starts trying to interview celebrities, and then like shit just got really weird, and as he tried to dig deeper, it's like there was more resistance from certain groups, like the prosecutor for the whole case and just like other celebrities in Hollywood. He's like, what the fuck's going on? So he's like, hey, I'm going to need an extension basically for this article because shit, like I think this is something bigger. And then like this is 1999. The whole thing finally came together. He made it instead of an article. It's now a book, the book that I, I just butchered the title of, but I'll look it up here in a second. Um, it took 20 years. So he finished it in 2019, and it just got released in, I want to say, June of this year. And anyway, in Haight-Ashbury, these free clinics that were set up as a front by the CIA and were just giving out LSD and psychedelic drugs and, like, basically trying to see what it did to people. Within, like, two weeks of the book being announced for release, every single one of them closed down. They're gone. Like, CIA (laughs) is just gone. So it's like, what the (laughs) fuck? But hold on. I'm going to look up the title of this book. Okay, Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s. It's like a 550, 600-page book, and I think I'm literally like 150 pages into it, and already it's like some of the most batshit, insane shit I've ever read, but it's all like cross-referenced, and like all of it checks out. Like, it's insane, but it's, oh man, it's like if you, like I know a lot of people are obsessed with that era of history, and specifically like Manson and the family and everything, but it's just like it goes so much deeper than like anything that anybody else has ever talked to me about that so like that it's a real hard-hitting book i mean it's real it's real dense very a lot of facts a lot to absorb a lot of names so it's like definitely like i'd recommend like taking notes going through it because i'm probably gonna have to start over and start taking notes to like keep track of everything but highly recommend it all right and that will be in the show notes so Thanks, Angel, for bringing that up. That's uh, that. I mean, that's a hell. That's another episode by itself, for fuck's sake. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but uh, at least we got in uh, how terrible the fucking government is. But, well, yeah, know. that Paul Benassi is the guy who is it, um, who the exposed Franklin the Franklin cover-up. Yeah. So just so oh, you're aware. Right. Yeah, that's 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 a real dark place to go. That's the Bohemian Grove and the fucking trafficking and Dude, raping yeah. of children and like, shit. He he brought out the Bohemian Grove before everybody knew what the fucking bohemian grove was and that's how they knew that like he wasn't making this shit up like he wasn't lying like he exposed the bohemian grove before 
people knew what it was. Yeah, that's and you know that's another book to add to the bookshelf if you ever have time. I mean that's uh that's a really, it's a difficult one to get through. So um, and if anybody has anything else, last call. No. All right. Nope, I'm good. Excellent. Uh, we're gonna be off to the punk rock show as a group tomorrow. Uh, Chris G is yeah. gonna be on the sti- on the stage, and uh, I cannot fucking wait to get out there. Uh, I'm super stoked. I got the t-shirts in for the gang. Uh, if you please head over to the shop, we got some killer T-shirts. Uh, shout out to my brother-in-law. I got one for him. That's a long sleeve. It's coming his way. Uh, check out our stuff, man. We got mugs. We got stickers. We got long sleeve, white, black. I mean, it's and it raises awareness for boating while having guns. So you're doing the community <laughs> right. a huge uh, favor by purchasing these items and all of those. Uh, any revenue that we get goes to improving our equipment. I'd like to get some new microphones in the future and shit like that to give you a better sound. And we're trying to improve the show more and more. So every little bit helps. And speaking of which, you could head over to Patreon.com. Slash use guys pod two bucks a month. That's only one tier that we have and you get a shitload of extra material. We do special B side recordings for our patrons. So head on over there. It's only two bucks a month and you get a lot more content and maybe just maybe you might get a t-shirt depending on who you are. I don't know. We'll see what we can do for you, but uh, head on over there two bucks a month. You get a shitload more content that is not going to be released it's behind the paywall, so you're going to be. If you pay for it, you get to listen to it. You know that's that's the benefit of joining up with us on Patreon. So uh, I don't have anything else. Uh, quick shout out to our friend Paul B from B Town, who has consistently listened this whole time. Been a loyal use guys and that podcast listener. Uh, he sends me fucking text messages that read like a goddamn novel, and I appreciate him for that. <laughs> I love the guy. Uh, I hope to have him on at some point in time. Uh, next week at this time, uh, Brian with an I will be joining us. He was on the Sasquatch show. He wants to be a permanent fixture here with these guys in that podcast. We can't wait to have him back on and uh, add him to our uh, little uh, uh, anarchist, uh, the Anarchist of Chicago poster uh, do-up that we did with our faces instead of uh, in, in replacement of theirs, and, and that's in homage of course to those uh martyrs um any and also i'd like to give a shout out to our listeners from france especially france because you guys have been downloading the shit out of our shows much appreciated same thing for australia spain the united kingdom romania belgium brazil greece holland sweden finland canada poland germany and portugal uh we appreciate all of you listeners thank you very much for that Special shout-out, extra special shout-out, of course, to a friend of the hosts and the sound girl, friend of the show, Sal Mayweather. I mean, it's such a wonderful friend to all of us. We really appreciate him and the fucking killer content he, like, cranks out all day long. It's like the man never sleeps. So special shout-out to him. Um, get at us at info at useguyspod.com, useguysandthat at gmail.com. You can find us once again useguyspod.com we are at useguyspod instagram facebook and twitter once again this is jay signing off for angel the sound girl nice job over there on the soundboard as always and my fellow hosts chris g and randall we will be back very shortly we should have something very special lined up this coming sunday so stay tuned thanks everybody bye peace bye Woo!